everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Just be careful now. <laughs> Throwing my sexy weight around pregnant. <laughs> um hi everyone. Look at that. Can, like, look at it. It's like I've swallowed um, oh. like, we can't really see. Stand up a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's a baby in there. Yeah, the fucking is. Tell you that for free. Hi guys, um, it's Friday's live. Woo! <laughs> also, what you know, all those tests and stuff you had last week, are they fine now? Yeah, so basically, <laughs> every time we start with pregnancy stuff, and everyone on the easy method who's like, I don't care, <laughs> stop talking. I'll be really quick. Basically, so my amnio, I didn't tell anyone this because why would I? I also feel like there's a lot, I overshare a lot, especially on the EC method, but I like it because I feel like this is my group of friends. Yeah, I feel like that. And then then when we saw like how many people have listened, I was like, oh. Oh God, (laughs) I know. And then I was like, oh, cringe, but I don't, also I don't care. I'm like, your opinion doesn't matter. You're not, you're not a client. (laughs) I'm I'm joking. I love you all. Thank you for listening. (laughs) You'd only listen continuously if you liked it. So hi everyone. Hi guys. Hi, non-EC method. Please welcome. Welcome to our pool of, Chloe's pool of self-indulgence. <laughs> so I didn't tell anyone this. I overshare on EC because I feel like we're all mates, which we kind of are, no? Mm. I mean, is that just in my weird head? <laughs> no, I feel like that. Okay, good. Um, but there's a lot of oversharing on Instagram. Have you noticed this? There's stuff I just wouldn't put up there that I read people put up there and I'm like, mm. why? Like, you know, I don't even want to do it because it just sounds like I'm a bitch. And well, we know that I am. I definitely don't need to reinforce it. Anyway, um, so my, my amniotic fluid is higher than it should be, but not to like a scary degree, just to like a moderate. Yeah, we should probably keep an eye on that degree. So, yeah, they did loads of blood tests and I'm fine. I don't have gestational diabetes. I don't have any active viruses. Um it just is what it is. So now I have to go in every week and be monitored, which I'm fine with. I'm 38 weeks. I get to be monitored every week. Like she's ready. I'm ready. It's completely, I'm not panicking about it. Everyone else that knows about it is like my, my mom messages me every day. I'm like, relax, Judy. It's fine. Judy. Yeah. Jeez, Judy. It's a, it's a little bit of a worry if my waters break, I need to just, yeah, there's a, there's a few there's a few red flags to look out for, but it'll be fine. Everything this is gonna, might sound like a stupid question, but like when you say if your waters break, like isn't that an inevitability? No, they don't always. It's one of the uh, first times of labor, but I think it like most of the time, yeah, most of the time they don't, they either get broken for you or they break in labor or once you're at the hospital. But I mean, I say that anecdotally, everyone I know has had their waters break, everyone. But statistically, it it's not, I don't think it's even 50%. Oh, interesting. But if mine do and you have more amniotic fluid, you can get umbilical cord prolapse. 
And if that happens, that's incredibly dangerous for the baby. So that's that's something that I need to look out for, which obviously isn't ideal. And nobody wants to hear like, well, <laughs> we have a bit of a red flag. But like I said, it should be 18 centimeters now, the average, and I'm 19 centimeters. So I'm not panicked about it. Uh, the other thing it could be is that the baby will have problems swallowing, which obviously, again, not ideal. But again, I'm like, I'm just staying really calm. I'm not going to get all freaked out. It's not going to Yeah, that's me. the only thing you can do, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, okay, enough about me. Emma, any admin, any news, any anything? Admin, I've set everything up for the new round. Um, thanks, everyone. Thank you. I've double-checked all of the links. There will still probably be one that doesn't work. Don't know how it happens every time. One of the links will somehow send you to an old Facebook group. But I have like double checked, triple checked this now. Um, so that will be up for grads to sign up soon. And that's like, it. Whenever we want. And then, um, yeah, and then the next intake. Well, what are we on now? We're on week five. We're on week five. Yeah, the only reason I did all that yesterday is because I saw you'd commented <laughs> in the next couple of days, the grads link will be up. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, because we're in the 22nd of July now. So I was like, payday yeah. is probably coming soon. People probably want us to put it up soon. That's literally how I work now with EC links. I'm like, when's payday? Because that's when people are like, I'm bit of payday. Can you put up the link? So I thought probably in the next few days, we'll put it up for everyone who's already on the round and then farm it out. Plus, I want to help you promote it. So before you go yeah so yeah so and then we'll farm it out for everyone else probably next one which we should anyway because it's sweet well it's a bit early fuck it we'll do it okay we'll do it right so that's the only admin georgina's on the live saying may i quit my job and just watch the live instead um <laughs> yes yeah yes we have allowed this yes um okay have we got questions on el post we don't currentemente but we will in uno segundo um, I don't think that's what second is. Hang <laughs> uh, about, let me just get it up. What else was there? Was there anything else? Emma, I feel like there was something I wanted to ask you anyway. Okay. Okay, you've already replied to that. So let's remove. The only thing I really have, I feel very strongly about this week is creatine for vegetarians. And that's because I like we already knew this, but I read another study showing that it would significantly increase your um, cognitive ability, your working memory and your reaction time mm -hmm. supplementing with creatine if you're vegetarian. But what I thought was like even more interesting in this or the way that I interpreted it was they didn't see much benefit in people who eat meat. Right. Which probably means that you've saturated the response mm -hmm. in terms of brain creatine if you eat some meat mm. but you see a big increase in vegetarians I'm like actually you could flip that round and be like this is like your base level cognitive ability but when when you don't eat meat it's reduced yeah so to then make sure you're even at base level you should be supplementing with creatine and it was something that I, I'd noticed that I'd got a little bit lax with and I'm like I don't eat meat anymore so I really need to make sure my brain's on point yeah I, I would say if you're a vegetarian there's vegans especially but you know if you're a vegetarian there is an element of kind of throw everything but the kitchen sink at it just to hedge your bets like I would probably be taking EAAs as well um and certainly as a as a vegan as well just yeah just get it 
get it in there like definitely creatine because you you'll get none from your diet and although it's not an essential amino acid which means you can synthesize some creatine it's it's not going to be high enough to get the benefits of creatine so I would definitely be supplementing if you don't eat meat or you don't eat a lot of meat and that is it. I, I was somebody asked me quite. It's funny. You literally just took a sentence off one of my Q and A boxes last night. But someone was asking um, about collagen, v whey, and you know, I, I obviously, you know, whey protein is going to have a much bigger impact on your muscle mass, specifically muscle mass, than collagen is. And they've even because of because a it's a complete protein and b because of the amount of leucine you get. Um, but they've even done studies where they matched leucine content from whey and collagen and whey still had a far greater impact on muscle mass than collagen did. What was interesting is that power output um, and strength were matched between the two. And that is probably because of, even though it's an incomplete protein, this specific essential amino acids in collagen, which have a lot of bang for their buck in terms of creatine synthesis. So, you know, we get asked a lot about collagen a lot. If it's about muscle mass, no, um, it's not something that we would we would say you need to have that with whey as well as whey, certainly not over whey, you just don't. But if it is in terms of um, performance, yeah, it, it, could be, it could be a good supplement to take, but because of its impact on creatine specifically. So then why wouldn't you just take creatine? Well, because, yeah, well, that's a very, very fucking good point. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's interesting, but like a lot of these studies, the way they're designed is, is kind of like that. And you're like, okay, so you need to be quite like, how would I translate this into a practical sense? Well, if I'm already supplementing with creatine, there's absolutely no point. And actually, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. But then that's the thing, actually, I want to do, I want to look into creatine supplementation along with a comparable whey and collagen supplementation and see that but yeah you're completely right there's no need for it um okay anything on the live before we get to our questioners yes shona is saying help i'm making no progress i'm not i'm not consistent and i get nowhere i'm so up and down with it all i guess i want some words of encouragement i know i can do it i just don't um, and it says, always have excuses, tired kids, etc. I mean, I think you've already nailed it in, in the sense of you can do it. It's definitely not an ability problem, but you need to kind of figure out. And this is why I encourage journaling all the time. Like, what is it that's stopping you? Is it because depending on why you're struggling to be consistent, the solution is going to be different. So if it's because you're setting these really high targets of like 12,000 steps a day and realistically that's just not practical for your life at the moment or you're forcing yourself to go to the gym for an hour when actually really you don't have that amount of time to work out in your day because you've got the kids because you're busy because you've got loads of other stuff going on a lot of the time it's about setting more realistic targets which will still get you incredible results and and I guess like this is true I've been speaking to a lot of people about calories recently because I'm yeah basically a lot of people but anyway there's this oh wait wait why what was that because i'm 
Oh, because I put up a post and I was like, if you, at the end, kind of stupidly was like, if you need some help with your calories, just shoot me a message, right? Well done. Well but done. it was like explaining like basically how to set your calories. And yeah, then you everyone You regretted like, that, didn't you? I bet the <laughs> sentence, I don't coach for free, went through your head more than once. <laughs> yeah, but then I do think it's a good example of, I'm more than happy to give out calorie targets for free because that's not coaching like calories aren't coaching like they literally almost don't matter like they just need to be sensible yeah the coaching is exactly what Shona's saying I know what to do but I'm not sticking to it okay we need to figure out why you're not sticking to it that's what coaching is like it's the gap between knowing the hard part basically it's the really really hard part knowing what to do isn't particularly hard we can tell you that really quickly implementing that into your life yeah that's pretty hard so anyway, the, a sort of similar thing with like setting more realistic targets, I think people can find, I think there's an expectation that A, they won't work or B, there, there won't be enough to change. And I think that's because so many people want these immediate results and to get these immediate results, you do have to do significant changes. Like it might be training five times a week and cutting your calories really low, but it's not maintainable. So when you zoom out, what's much better is to set yourself a realistic calorie target because over time, you will create a bigger deficit and lose more body fat. And I know that seems really obvious, but people try to stick to low calories, end up not being able to adhere to them and thus not creating a deficit over time. Whereas if you just accept that you're going to stick to higher calories, you will create a bigger deficit and the bigger deficit will result in more body fat. And I think Shona, that's probably what you need to do is kind of write out what you're doing at the moment, where you're struggling, where you tend to trip up, and then set some more realistic targets. Okay, so I'm, you know, it's unrealistic for me to get to the gym for an hour, three times a week, but can I do one gym session a week and two home workouts that I can fit around other things? And instead of 12,000 steps, can I aim for eight, 9,000 steps? Because that's more realistic for me. And if I do more, great, but these are realistic targets that I'm going to stick to. And then you're not beating yourself up being like, I'm completely on it or I'm completely off it. Like I hit all my targets on Monday and then I couldn't do anything on Tuesday like working on averages over time is a much better way to look at it 100% agree I, I agree I think why don't we just take everything that you already this is Shona right yeah Shona, take everything you already know and are trying to do and keep falling tripping up over and scrunch it up throw it in the bin and let's just completely start fresh and let's say okay um what calories do you typically struggle on do you or what is the reason why what are the behaviors or the catalyst why you trip up and don't manage to stick to your diet is it you know we talk about this all the time is it tiredness because you've got kids at home is it you know stress is it that you like to have a drink and then when you have a drink you think fuck it and you overeat um you know what are the things that are tripping you up what's the realistic calorie bracket to aim for and what's a realistic pulling up your big girl pants um, kind of behavior to kind of wear. Because there are some things, as Emma said, that are going to take time and work. And, you know, we talk about finding balance a lot and being patient with yourself and putting in the effort because it takes time and it looks different for everyone. Um, And there are some things that actually, I'll just be frank with you, if you've got a fat loss goal, you just have to say, well, no, I have a goal and I need to pull up my big girl pants and not do that now. Um, And these will be two different kind of, 
brackets of behavior that you you will need to tackle and that applies to all of you you'll find ones that you're like i should probably just get the fuck on with it and you'll find ones that you're like no i actually find that really hard that's going to take me some time and that's great that's fine but let's start figuring that out now um same with like realistic numbers um and i agree with emma like seeing steps for example is a weekly total instead of i'm going to hit 8k a day i'm going to hit 12k a day being like every week i'll hit 60k steps as my health marker target great um, and you know, if one week I managed to hit 65, that's now going to be my lowest target each week. Cause I know that I can, and I know that all I have to do is add like tight, tighten this for a bit and work a bit harder. And this is like, as Emma said, this is coaching, um, coaching yourself to be like, I'll hit 65 K a week, three workouts for a week, you know, and that's, if you can work out from home, great. If you find that then one of those workouts, you can get to the gym, well, that's it. That's your new, that's your new target Two at home, one at the gym. And we work like that and we take our time with it. Um, but yeah, I would also just ask you to go, to go to ground a bit mentally and pinpoint what exactly your struggles are and how you can tackle them. Because as Emma said, the real coaching is behavior. Um, and that's a real collaborative effort. You have to tell us what exactly is tripping you up and we try and help you navigate through it. Gold. And hopefully that's useful to many people because I think a lot of people are in that situation of knowing what to do but not quite being able to do it. And remind yourself as well, I did a post about this today, but I think it's it's always a useful reminder for me with anything in like any context really. But the days that you don't want to do it, frame yeah. those as the most important days. Like those are the days that matter the most. The days that you really can't be bothered to go to the gym. Those are the days that it matters that you go to the gym. The days where... I don't know, you don't want to get your steps and you don't want to do that extra walk, like frame that as the most important day, because those are the days that get you results. Like the days that are easy, great. You tick them off. That's fantastic. Pat on the back. But the hard days or the self-assessments you don't want to do or the journal prompt you don't want to do, because actually that's the hard work. Like you'll notice that the days where you don't tick all the boxes, you're way less likely to journal. But actually, that's the day you need to journal because that's the day you need to learn from. Right. But you just want to put it behind you before you yeah. put it behind you. Learn from it and then move on yeah because remember guys it's accumulative so if you were to take in a month all those days that you didn't want to train let's say 12 or 13 oh uh, and then because of that let's be honest a lot of people then struggle to adhere properly to the diet and and it's kind of like a bit of a, a snowball effect those days will now have an impact on your results as a result of that month if those are the days that you're like no no now like Zemma said now's the important day go 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 and you you gain those 12 days your results are going to be significantly better as time passes so they do really count as i was saying yeah okay sarah is at the gym and just on a rest between sets grads pull is brutal good luck okay emma i'm 10 pounds down so the scales say since day one still fluctuating up and down throughout the week and had a week off any exercise last week due to covid um, but is this still good progress for week five? That's incredible progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. That's like double what we would expect in many cases. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well done. That's fantastic. Um, okay, Laura. Oh, she says also, but I can't see the first part. So maybe it's just starting with also. All these baby slash pregnancy stats are based on averages. And all we know are out, all we... And we all know averages are not accurate. Yeah. You're so, well, they are accurate. 
but I get what you mean. They're not, yeah. they're not individual. You're so right to be relaxed about your pregnancy and, and take what comes. You're going to be fine and sail through the birth. Loving this round, by the way. Thank you, ladies, and all in the group. Oh, thanks, Laura. Yeah, and what thanks, a lovely reminder. Laura. I know. I love, <clears throat> I love that. I think that's an important point to make broadly about your health and fitness changes as well, because there's all these stats that go around. It's like people who lose weight tend to put it back on, like 80% of people that lost weight then put the weight back on, blah, blah, blah. But are you like, you're not the average. You are not the um, average person. Yeah. By I'm definition, not. being on the EC method, like you are not average. You are significantly above average, yeah. right? So don't lower yourself to average such. Like, you know, yeah. Or just ask yourself, well, what is the average person doing to lose weight? And do you think that they're tracking? Do you think that they've got a baseline of steps per week? Do you think that they've got, how many workouts do we even have on the app now? Like, I mean, a hundred, I don't even know. Coaches at the helm, a group that's there every day. We're there every day. The group's there every day. No, 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 no. They don't have any of these things. So what's the average person doing that means that they fail? Um, you know, and then, and then, if, if, as I said if you're doing if you're here you're already doing better than the average because this is we talk about it's group coaching but it's real coaching like we really coach you guys and and that's why we get we get such great success with our clients um so yeah definitely want to think about and I agree like what pregnancy's taught me anything is that a lot of the time you just do what you can when you respond <laughs> you just you definitely can't control what happens every time yeah which is a great mindset to have but I yeah. think like coming back to averages as well, like some people see the stats as quite demotivating, like the average person in the UK is overweight. Yeah. And in a way, that's like a good reminder to yourself to not act like the average person, which means that when someone in the office is like, oh, a bit weird that you've brought in your own Tupperware with <laughs> veg in it. Yeah. You're like, okay, that's probably a good thing because I don't want to be the average person that goes to the canteen and is overweight because they behave like the average person in the UK. Like, if you don't want to be average, you will have to act in ways that are not average. If people are like, a bit weird going to the gym three times a week. Well, yeah, that's good. Like, that's good because the average person doesn't do that. And if you don't want to be the average person, then you're going to have to do things that the average person doesn't do. And some people might seem that, like, make, that they might feel like that is weird. Fine. Well, Jenny, it's a bit weird that you bring cake into the office every day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Claire. If you're in a calorie deficit, but still eating high levels of sugar, will this contribute more to fat storage around the stomach? No. No. Um, but what might is if you're going through the menopause and there's some fat redistribution, but no, it won't. It won't if your calories are matched, but bear in mind that what you eat does also impact how much you eat. Yeah. So like you could, in theory, you could eat chocolate all day, but in practical sense, that probably means you're going to eat more than you would have if you were eating chicken and veg and a little bit of chocolate as opposed to just eating high sugar foods. Yeah, if we're talking about one plus one equals two calories from sugar equals body fat, the answer is no. We're talking about like broad picture coaching experience, which Emma made a great point on the last live about. It can do, but. Yeah, but no, the, the, the ultimate answer to the specific question is no. Okay, Linda. Linda Hepalette. Hepalette? Hmm. Um, it's just written, like, it's a, it's a really nice uh, name written. It's but Emma can't pronounce it. Yeah, what? I mean, obviously I can't <laughs> pronounce it. 
but I enjoy that there's a double P and a double T in it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Okay. How do you track calories accurately when your partner does all the cooking? I know I'm very lucky, but it's a genuine problem. We're both vegan and feeling so much better since focusing on protein since I started the EC method. I think we were severely lacking. Mm. Well, make sure you're also on the creatine. And yes, you probably were severely lacking. Emma's, Emma's flag this this live is create the creatine. Yeah. I'm like, it's not even anything about building muscle for me. I'm like, I'm sorry, we could be less intelligent because we're not, I mean, it's not necessarily tracked on intelligence, but like it was things like working memories and how you could recall things, your reaction times. Like, I mean, and that could potentially have important impacts for things like say you were swerving a car, like that's a reaction time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're more likely to die if you're a vegan and you don't supplement with creatine. So, you know, important stuff. Um, this is a really tricky one. Um, it's it depends if you're if you're quite old hat at tracking, it's fine. You would just be able to look down at a plate of food and pretty much eyeball what's what. Um, just be aware of hidden fats like oils and butter, which will add one to two hundred calories for a normal serving to a an, an, an identical portion size so be aware of that um uh and you'd be able to figure it out you would just know if you're new to tracking yeah it's gonna be difficult so what you need to start doing is maybe sit with him while he cooks and this is just temporary please don't think i'm saying this is something that you need to do long term it's not but maybe sit with him while he cooks and just maybe scan let's say i don't know he's using a packet of cauldron bites right scan the packet and put in half you know looking look at the I don't know ignore all the ingredients this is not going to make a normal person meal look at the pak choy and be like okay so that's probably like half of that packet which is probably going to be 100 grams 100 grams of pak choy and okay he's using like a good swig of olive oil so it's probably going to be a tablespoon for me and a tablespoon for him a tablespoon of oil and start to watch and track and as you watch him cook and you track you'll get really good at developing this eyeball technique where you see what you're looking at at the finished product what your husband's actually or your partner's actually used to cook um, and getting very um, au fait with the ingredients, the calories, and what okay. it actually ends up looking like. And it's just a it's just a temporary solution to help you learn quicker. Emma, I'll be right back. Someone just rang the doorbell. I don't know. Okay, I don't know if I have much to add to that. Um, I think generally, especially if you can, like, I don't know how many meals you have together, but this is actually really quite easy if you're someone who maybe has their own breakfast their own lunch because they're at work and like their own snack but you're having your evening meal together what I would do is make sure you're tracking those things and give yourself an allowance I think we kind of spoke about this last week where we were talking or maybe it was Monday where we were talking about having like essentially a set day of calories that you know you take all your targets within like a thousand or 1200 calories and then you've got that like bit of leeway in the evening so you're like yeah I know it's going to be roughly 800 calories and you don't really have to worry about it too much some days it might be a little bit less some days it might be a little bit more but then then you don't have to kind of stress about the fact that they're cooking in a certain way or blah 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 um so that might be another way to do it if that's the way your life is suited like if you're like yeah actually we only really eat dinner together okay yeah you've said here we have all our evening meals together not a problem in the slightest like you have control over your full day leave yourself a bit of a bigger allowance for the evening meal enjoy it don't massively stress over it 
and yeah and I would do Chloe's tips initially like she was saying just so you can figure out roughly what's the ballpark figure here and obviously that will change depending on the dish but you kind of have an idea that, that like dinner is usually between 500 and 800 calories or something then yeah just that yeah it's just it sounds extreme but it will really we say this all the time there's no point in tracking if you're not learning as you track like my pet peeve with clients and I'll say this even though coaches shouldn't ever say that sentence but I'll say it is when they've been tracking for over a year and then they'll message me like how many calories is in a chicken breast and I'm like what come on now like come also on. I I think it's genuinely rude now to message people things that you can google no I know I agree with that I hate that too I actually said that when I was at lunch with my friends the other day. I was like, the amount of times I just want to say to people, like, not clients really, but like other people who you end up talking to who are like, what about, you're just like, Google it. <laughs> I think but, there's, um, there's a difference though. Like if someone wants your opinion on something, fine. But oh, if it's literally yeah. like, like, I don't know, like just Google, like what, how many calories in the chicken breast? I'm getting my information from the same place as you. Like put it in your app or Google yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah. But I was just like, but that's when I'm like, what have you been doing? What have you been doing? Like, pay attention so that when this kind of stuff happens, so that if you decide you do want to come away from tracking, which most of you will, you know, it's quite weird that I've been tracking as long as I have, and I quite enjoy it. Like, most clients want to come away from tracking at some point. You know how to eyeball. You don't need an app. You know, you don't need to be all in your head about numbers. You can look at your chicken salad and be like, salad avocado chicken olive oil 450 calories bang and like you know like you know yeah so 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 learning on the job is is an initial effort which is long-winded and a fucking pain in the ass and i get it but it does pay off long term and isn't that the way of the world (laughs) yeah i really like the analogy of like blindly following the sat nav and not knowing it at where you are at any point versus actually kind of looking up and being like okay well I take this turn I take this turn and then actually I don't need the sat nav anymore because I've been here five times yeah much like tracking you're like oh okay I can eyeball this now because I know how much uh, roughly a chicken breast is or I know how much this is so Mm -hmm. I know the direction in which I'm going Mm -hmm. exactly okay Linda's just saying thank you so much this was really helpful and reassuring you two are the best you're welcome babe okay um Laura, morning, Clemmer. Hope you are both feeling awesome. I am, thank you. Chloe? I'm quite tired, but I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, good. good. This is my second round. My goal is a BMI of 30 for IVF. The first round, I lost 12 pounds, buzzing. This round, three pounds so far, but I have, abs- I have absolutely noticed the difference in how I look and how I feel, etc. Averaging 1,700 and 50 calories I know the first round I was definitely walking more an average of 9,000 a day and now I'm about 7.8 thousand a day heat and broken toe contributing to this and very aware that stepping this back up no pun intended (laughs) will help speed things up also this round I have brought in some workouts um, which I'm aiming to do two times a week uh, which time wise isn't easy but manageable um that's the end <laughs> I was waiting for a question wait I don't know if I've like missed the question no I think that's it I mean that sounds great 
<laughs> I didn't know if there was a question. If you have a specific question on that, um, just let us know. But generally, anything to add? Like, I think it sounds like you're doing really well. No, it sounds like you're making amazing progress. And and, and so it really makes me laugh when people are like, by the end of last round, I'd lost X amount of weight. And so far in this round, I've lost X amount of weight. And it's like, well, that was the end of last round. We still have all of this round. And also to be five, well, really we have four full weeks of data. So remember that even though we're five weeks in. To be four weeks in and to have lost three pounds, having already lost 12 off the back of the last round is phenomenal. So you're clearly doing really well. Yeah. And the fact that steps have gone down as well, because you're right, that yeah. would like if, if nothing else changes, but your steps have reduced, then you'll be in a smaller deficit, which means fat loss will slow slightly. Yeah. So once your toe has recovered and now that it's a little bit cooler, hopefully we can see those stepping up again. Oh, Right, Hannah. Hi, ladies. Question about supplements. You mentioned leucine being an important driver in muscle protein synthesis. Does this mean there is evidence for taking BCAAs around a workout? I had thought they were maybe a bit gimmicky if I'm already eating enough protein from complete sources. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So if you already are eating protein, so for example, whey protein already has leucine in it. Yeah. And once you get about three grams of leucine, you've saturated the benefit of leucine. So there's no point having more. The issue with BCAAs, because then some people are like, well, what about instead of whey, I'll just have BCAAs, is that there are only three amino acids in BCAAs. Mm -hmm. And you need more than that to build protein. So like if you're looking for all of the building blocks of protein, that's what whey protein has. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for like just leucine, like essentially that's what, and a few others, but that's what BCAAs have. So you're far better to get in the complete protein source than just taking BCAAs. There are very little um, circumstances where BCAAs are useful. Chloe mentioned one already, potentially for vegans. I would say probably not for vegetarians. Like I think it's pretty freaking easy. If you can get in whey protein, that I would always opt for that. Mm. But yeah, if you're a vegan and you're really struggling with your protein target, yeah. And I probably would have it with a meal so that you're getting the mix of other amino acid from your protein sources. And then I'd also maybe have like some BCAAs with it, but yeah. Thoughts? Yeah. No, I, I agree with every single word. Like we say, like really for vegans, maybe essential amino acids more, I would say something to potentially consider, but uh for everybody, yeah, BCAAs are very gimmicky. We we've talked about BCAAs quite a lot, I think. So yeah, definitely. And I agree. Again, we did this in the last five. I'm sorry, but getting your protein in as a vegetarian is not hard. It's just not. Um, it's when we, we get into tricky territory with vegans, but there you go. Mm. And again, harder, but absolutely not impossible. Exactly. Oh God, there are so many amazing vegan bodybuilders out there. Definitely doable, but tough. Mm. Okay. Second, I struggle a lot with bloating, not like a little bit as is normal after eating, but sometimes a bump to rival Chloe's. Oh, I've seen someone I consider to be evidence-based talking about greens powders, athletics greens, aiding their IBS related to bloating. Any evidence for this? Any other recommendations? Thanks. And sorry for the double question. Never apologize for the double question. I honestly, to me, athletics greens, what else? There's some other kind of like electrolyte drink and also most CBD products are like red flags for me because they're obviously putting a ton of money into advertising on podcasts because you see them on all of the same kind of niche of people like recommending them. Just remember that when they're recommending them, if there's a discount code at the end of that or well, actually no one's really if it's the start of a podcast, 
do remember that people are getting paid to do that different if chloe and i are just talking and we're like oh yeah we get our creatine from bulk powders and we're not like by the way use this discount code or mention that you came from the podcast that they are just genuine recommendations often like i would just be very dubious if it sounds like someone's getting paid and i know that athletic screens is a standard one that a lot of people get paid to promote my opinion on greens powders reds powders all of them are if you were doing what emma and i are telling you to do and you're getting in a good mix of fruit and veg every day you do not need them full stop if you're not if you're still trying to get there and you struggle to get in fruit and veg you struggle to get in your micronutrients and your vitamins and minerals every day yeah why not go for it just go for it it's fine they're bioavailable whatever um Ideally, we'd much rather that you were getting it from real food. It's like, it's like what we get asked all the time. We love whey protein. We're big fans of whey protein. But we will still say to clients all the time who are like, hey, I'm hitting my protein like pretty much two, most of the time, two thirds of the time with whey. Should I be getting it from other sources? We'll say yes. Like, yes, of course you should. Um, you know, so yeah, even with stuff that Emma and I are really behind like that, we still be like, we'd rather that you got real food in it's better it's just better for you <laughs> agreed um and re-ibs and bloating um it, i don't think there's any evidence that athletic screens would help in any way there's not even really any rationale to suggest that they would maybe aside from long-term improved gut microbiome or something which you would benefit more from by eating a variety um, of foods yeah um, if we're going to talk about so this is what i was going to say as well like in terms of plant-based vitamins minerals fire, you know all the benefits you get from eating fruit and veg are you going to benefit more from greens powders or actual fruit actual plant-based food definitely the latter the only time that some dietary intolerances there was one that literally was just in my head and now it's gone out of my head and i can't remember what it's called um which are really tricky with the gut and what you can and can't eat refruit and veg in which case maybe give it a go and try it out um but generally speaking, yeah, you're going to fare a lot better with real with whole foods. Sorry, I'm not being rude, but the way that Zoom paused is so funny. Show me. <laughs> I'm going to send you. Okay. Oh no, wait! I can show you here. Look at oh this. yeah, I look like Ursula. I look like I'm bald, but you know. <laughs> um. Okay. Anything else you want to say on that IBS? Um, what I would suggest is actually going and speaking to a specialist. If if you are genuinely struggling with like that level of IBS and it's uncomfortable and it's painful, the first thing they will get you to do is keep a food diary. Mm -hmm. So I would start doing that already. And then I'd go to the specialist with that. So keep a food diary of your symptoms and of the foods that you're eating and see if you can notice any um, things that kind of seem to link together. And also things like when you're exercising in comparison to symptoms, when like if you're very stressed, like other things that you might not be thinking about, stress can certainly impact IBS as well. So I would have a think about that. And then the person that I always refer people to is Sophie Dietitian on Instagram. She is excellent and is not just considered to be evidence-based, but it's very evidence-based. Um, I actually think if you scroll far enough back in the EC Method podcast, or maybe even if you search like EC Method Sophie would probably come up, but we did a full podcast with her. Mm. Remember when we used to get guests on? Remember when we weren't just obsessed with ourselves? 
<laughs> oh no, I'm so happy we stopped that because it added like a whole, it's already hard enough to get the lives in when we get them in. It added a whole other. Yeah. Other I mean, lives. some of them were good, but yeah, it was a lot. It's one of those comments that clients say to us on Facebook where I'm like, oh, please don't say that when people are like, hi guys, have you ever considered getting guests on? I'm like, no. But the thing is, like, you already do your guest podcast. You know, you've got Fitness Unfiltered for getting expert guests in as well. And, like, you always have guests on the podcast. So this is just... I have literally a backlog of some of the best guests you will ever hear speak on things, like, on the podcast. I'm so proud of my guest, Rota. And that's how Emma and I got together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, there's a Fitness Unfiltered episode with Sophie as well. So if you want to go and like research her a little bit, you'll probably get great tips on that. She's on she's on three of my podcasts, I think. Oh right, she's so been on my oh, yeah. So if you want, yeah, you can listen to lots of her. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm incredible. I'm incredibly close to the fuck it bucket today. I'm aware of it, and I'm going to go for a walk post live to hopefully boost mood. But trying to avoid traditional antidepressants. Do you have any thoughts on quote unquote alternative therapies? ashwagandha magnesium etc so <laughs> i often get confused between ayahuasca and ashwagandha which are significantly different things and i was like oh how interesting <laughs> anyway not that um i get this may not be your remit but i'm grateful for your opinion here can you just repeat that for me because i feel like that I, it started in one way and then it went another yeah it, it, so yeah i think it flipped a little bit but anyway it was I'm close to the bucket bucket today I'm aware I'm aware of it and I'm going out for a walk post live to hopefully boost my mood I'm trying to avoid traditional antidepressants do you have any thoughts on quote-unquote alternative therapies like ashwagandha not ayahuasca and magnesium well let's stay away from the hallucinogenics <laughs> yeah. um okay uh in terms of your question re like um alternative medicines no um if you're trying to stay away from antidepressants the things to really be focusing on would be therapy whether that's um cbt cognitive behavioral therapy um or just any kind of talking therapy um should be really the number one focus through your treatment protocol if you are trying to stay away from antidepressants Two, exercise so yes going for a walk is a fantastic thing to do three um might surprise you and i and i think a lot of people would roll their eyes and like, oh, emma and chloe would say that but incredible research genuinely on healthy eating and mental health um and having a actually really nice, mediterranean style diet yeah i was going to say having a really nice balance of your um fatty acids coming from things like fatty fish olive oils nuts etc um and then whole grains and also uh, your lean proteins it does have an impact on your mental health so vitamin d yeah which you're probably getting enough of given it's been really sunny but like the interesting research on both vitamin d and fish oil in yeah. relation to depression so yeah like your diet is important as well oh yeah they just lastly just to finish it and then i'm going to throw over to emma but your supplementation as emma said vitamin d your fish oils and your um creatine mm. um it's all three things i would recommend emma carry on sorry no no um i was just going to say in terms of uh alternative therapies 
they may work but they'll work via placebo which is fine the vast majority of them anyway like if you think that something's going to make you feel a bit better it often will and that's absolutely fine as long as you're not spending a huge amount of money on them and the only thing I would add because Chloe's just given an incredible answer is like and obviously I don't know this and it might be the right choice for you but I wouldn't be shut off to antidepressants like completely like there might be a great thing for you at the moment to get you out of a bit of a slump and like some people I've had clients who have used them for very short periods of time and it's really really helped them and now they've moved away from them and I've had others who are still on them and it's really really helping them I just wouldn't like I think there is still like a fair amount of stigma around them and it may be that this isn't completely not the reason that you don't want to take them and I can I agree that you should try other things first and it shouldn't just be the first port of call but I also don't think that you should like cross that off because of any kind of I don't know preconceived notions that you have around antidepressants yeah I mean I mean they saved my mom's life so I mean I'm very pro medication like very pro but I mean I remember when I got um diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and I tried and I succeeded in staying away from medication for as long as I could but if it had got to that point I wouldn't have been scared to, and, and I'm really pro, pro um, medication. So, yeah. Also really interesting research on antidepressants and placebos where people get, like, I think it was something ridiculous, like 70% of the benefit of the antidepressant when they weren't actually taking it, which is fucking mad. And yeah obviously ethical placebos are quite hard to actually do because half of the benefit you're getting from that placebo is the fact that a doctor is giving it to you you think it's an antidepressant that you know everything around it and taking the pill at the right time of day like all everything but yeah that's quite interesting as well that there's a there's a huge sort of psychological expectation effect yeah uh yeah and, and this is why it's research like that, which is why doctors now will recommend first and foremost things like cognitive behavioral therapy um, ahead of medication, which is great as long as that door is still kept wide open at every point. Mm-hmm. Okay, Polly. Hi, lovelies. My weight has never moved much in all the time I've been with you guys, but my shape is constantly changing. For example, I've lost 10 inches off my waist. But listening to you previously, you've said lean folks weight may not change and I'm certainly not lean is this okay I would say most weeks 85 to 90 percent consistency I mean if you're really I'm going to throw this back to you if you're happy if you're getting results if your body's changing the way you want it to change if you're feeling better if you're exercising well if you're eating healthy if you're showing up well and you're happy and you feel good who cares like if it's working in that sense, who cares? Who cares if you've not lost weight unless you needed to lose weight for IVF or something? We really don't care about the weight. It's just a proxy for what's going on. If you've lost 10 inches from your waist, you've certainly lost fat. Like that doesn't just happen. I mean, if it was like one inch, I'd be like, yeah, it might be like a mismeasurement, but like it has to be <laughs> way off to not to like mismeasure 10 inches. And I would hope as well that you're taking progress photos because you'll be able to physically see the changes. But it sounds to me like you're doing really well. Yeah, it sounds to me like you're doing really well too. We have had it before. We've had clients who aren't lean, have body transformation and not seen much, if any, movement on the scale. And it's bizarre and it makes no sense, but it happens. So we'd be lying to say like, 
look, it's honest to say it very rarely happens, but it still happens. And Emma and I have been doing this for so long with so many women now. We've seen it happen more than once. Um, maybe it'd be good if you could just upload your start pictures and your most recent pictures. Um, yeah, ideally, guys, side by side, if you can. There's a an app called Live Collage. I think there's a few. Just put them side by side. It's a lot easier, quicker for us to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and easier for us to see changes. And also, this is just because it's a bit of a pet hate, like put your first photo first and then your second photo second. Because when people put them the wrong way around, I'm like... Very confusing, yeah. And then, yeah, it's very obvious that it's very hard. Like, imagine if you were putting in all your data the wrong way around. Yeah. You can't really read it. And then we look like dicks and, and it's not accurate. And yeah, it's not good. Okay. Katie Osborne is saying, loving the conversation about not behaving in an average way to achieve above average results resonates so much. It's so simple, but yeah, it definitely resonates with me. Yeah. Okay, Angela. Emma, you mentioned fat distribution during menopause. I'd be interested to know more about this as I'm 51 and will no doubt be, be in menopause soon. Will this hinder me from fat loss in the tummy area and everywhere else for that matter? No. It's just that because estrogen has dropped, your usual distribution of body fat will change slightly. So you might notice that like men tend to store, store more body fat around their middle partly because they have lower estrogen levels and women tend to store it more around their hips and bums and like the back of their arms, again, partly for estrogen levels. So when that changes through menopause, you can get this body fat redistribution. That doesn't mean that you can't lose body fat. That doesn't mean that a calorie deficit won't work anymore. The other things to consider is that a lot of women have various symptoms when they go through menopause and they can impact how hard it is to lose body fat for example if you're not sleeping as well it's much harder to stick to your diet your mood tends to be lower like again an estrogen can affect your mood as well like a drop in estrogen so things like your mood may mean that it's harder to exercise it's harder to stick to your diet it's harder to get your steps in if you imagine like your pms symptoms times 100 yeah. that's what a lot of women experience so if you think how hard it is for me to stick to my diet a couple of days before my period well now imagine how hard it is for perimenopausal women to stick to their diet so it's not that the principles don't work it's that you might need a little bit more support like fat loss is the same you still need to create a deficit what built muscle before menopause will build muscle during menopause but there might be some adaptations we need to make because maybe you're not sleeping as well and maybe you're not recovering quite as well and actually interestingly there are some changes within your muscle that happen when estrogen levels drop some of this can be mitigated by taking hrt if that's appropriate for you but it, again it may not be same with the antidepressants like we're not doctors we're just saying go and speak to your doctors about the choices because for you hrt might be a great choice for someone else it might not be much like antidepressants um but yeah it certainly won't stop you losing body fat nothing to add brilliant brilliant comprehensive answer okay one for you moo boo morning lovelies a bit late today any tips for not ruining my efforts by going to a festival i'm going to camp festival Ooh. Yes, festival is the best. Oh, I've never heard of it. Standard. Uh, next week, it's going to be a case of grabbing food from the stalls the kids want to eat from. Sorry, the stalls the kids want to eat from because the queues are so long and you wouldn't want to queue more than necessary. Booze are plenty, lots of steps, three weeks away from summer bikini holiday, though. So I don't want to ruin everything I've achieved until now. I won't have access to a cool box or anything. 
how long is this festival just a weekend yeah <laughs> yeah but still. absolutely fine but still like yeah you'll be fine but still don't you know don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't be like, oh, Emma and Chloe said it was just a weekend. It's fine. Like, go in and be like, oh, I want taco, a taco. I'm going to have a taco. That's fine. Don't then be like, oh, and now I'll go back and get loaded nachos and some jalapeno poppers, by the way. Jalapeno poppers are the tits. Um, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, don't be an arsehole about it. Be like, and then be like, you know, for example, if they have, I don't know, cheese fries or, you know, a chili bowl, go with the chili bowl, get your protein in. For example, like make smart choices, be aware of the goal. That doesn't mean you can't eat anything. And that doesn't mean that you have to be like on some mega shit restrictive diet at a festival. It just means like be conscious of the goal. So like I say, have the chili bowl instead of the loaded cheese fries, you know, have the the, again, gin and slimline tonic instead of the strawberry daiquiri. I doubt there's going to be a strawberry daiquiri ban. And if there were, yeah, it would be very hard to avoid. <laughs> she says nine months pregnant. <laughs> like, I'm hitting but, the daiquiri ban. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the good things here is that at festivals, like the queues are so long. Yeah, you get what you get to... and then you're done. Yeah, like you have to yeah. really want it. It's not like you'd just be like, oh, I'll just nip here and get this. It'd be like, right, I'm going to have to spend. 30 minutes in this queue if I'm lucky an hour yeah. in the queue to get this I read a really good uh quote by James Clear this morning and it was something along the lines of like to change behavior you don't necessarily need to change people you need to change their environment yeah this is a good example like if if there were no queues you would likely overeat at something like this but given that there's such long queues and it's such an effort essentially you're putting a barrier in the way yeah to getting this food actually you just wouldn't behave in that way and it's not you that's changed it's your environment it's the ease of food yeah. and when you extrapolate that out to just real life again like having loads of chocolate in your house like that is setting yourself up for eating loads of chocolate whereas if you you don't tell yourself like chocolate is off limits but you're like yeah if I want some I'm gonna have to walk along to Tesco to go and get some it's completely different and then you have to actually really want it to go and get it you've not changed you've just changed the environment that you're living in and you yeah. either set yourself up for success or you kind of set yourself up for potential failure and you yeah. have to use a hell of a lot less willpower when it's not literally staring you in your face and when you're making the the choice that you want to make the easy choice like always have fruit in your house and then have chocolate sure don't don't say you can't have it but go out and get it don't yeah. have piles and piles of it sat at home yeah yeah I completely agree like you don't you don't necessarily have to put a barrier in your way but you do you do have to be conscious not to remove them as I said like we're not saying like deliberately only go to places where you have to queue for ages to get food obviously but don't keep and this is something I definitely learned the hard way don't keep you know after my photo shoot chocolate boxes at home it's not gonna end well <laughs> um so yeah brilliant brilliant advice Okay, Laura, who we spoke about above, she says, looking to see if I can lower my calories a bit, speed things up. Just for context, this is Laura who lost 12 pounds on the first round, five pounds, yeah. and she's trying to get into a BMI range. Yeah. Um, looking to see if I can speed things up whilst also trying to do more in terms of steps. I'm adhering really well to 1750. Would it be okay to go to 1650? I'm 39, so against the clock, thanks in advance. Honestly, so my opinion in this case, yeah, do it. 
do it and be sensible with it. So make the choices like there's a big difference between just cutting out foods and dropping 100 calories or looking at your current diet and being like, how can I make some just pretty small swaps here? Like instead of two full fat lattes a day, I'm going to have one and an Americano mm-hmm. or like I'm going to swap the milk to Sammy Skin's milk or mm-hmm. I'm, like there will be places where you can make small changes to cut 100 calories relatively easily, which should mean that you don't feel restricted, that you don't feel hungrier and that you are still in a bigger deficit. Mm-hmm. If anyone else is listening to this, like normally for Laura, I'd be like, no, you're losing weight really well. You're you're on a roll, like it's going really well. But if you're 39 and you're looking to get IVF, you're right. Like if you can lose it a little bit faster and you've got a freaking awesome reason to do it, then then yeah, it's probably a good thing to do. I agree. And Emma's right, you the amount of um calorie deductions you can make from making simple swaps off the top of my head, for example, instead of having a sirloin steak, having a fillet steak, you're talking two, 300 calories, you still eat the steak, you know, instead of having a bowl of, I know know everybody hates this, but this is quite an extreme one. So it's a good one to bring up a bowl of spaghetti. You have a a double size portion, a double bowl of courgette. You're talking 500 calories. And like you're talking in a day, I mean, you only need to make a significant swap or three moderate swaps and your deficit will go. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's really, really important. I think this is where a lot of people make mistakes with cutting their calories, just completely cutting out foods instead of swapping foods. Mm -hmm. Okay, Sarah, I feel I'm doing well. Target is fat loss. I've lost seven pounds. I'm sticking to calories, getting my protein in, hitting 12,000 steps. Um, I haven't made my home workouts, which is bad. I know I'm in the menopause and my middle isn't shifting. Do I just need to get back onto the workouts or are there specific things I can do? Loving being here, changed my life and not confused anymore about what to eat. Thank you. So we have just covered exactly this. So hopefully you were listening, but obviously you can listen back. What I will say is that I really, really want you to get your workouts in. It's so, so important at any stage of life, especially during menopause. Exactly. Um, The only thing you can really do about the shift, like you can still lose body fat, obviously, but the redistribution of body fat would be kind of replacing estrogen, i.e. hormone replacement therapy. And again, that's something you would speak to a doctor about. It's not right for everyone. And yeah that's a discussion I would have but it sounds like you're doing incredibly well you've already lost seven pounds which is fantastic but really really try and aim even if it's a 10 minute workout two times a week like something is better than nothing yeah yeah um Martina thank you for talking about antidepressants it's really helpful as I have chosen to take these but did feel bad for this shouldn't feel bad at all but I'm glad no yeah. Oh God, no, please guys. No, no, no. It's so important. It's such, and I say this in the most literal sense, a lifesaver. You should feel thrilled that you can do it if you, if you can, and if you choose to, it's, I mean, I can't even think the amount of people that it would have, that I know that would have done better if they'd had that option or they had, they'd done that. And the amount of people I do know who are only here because of it, like there's no stigma. God, no. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, I think we're we're done. Okay, fantastic. That whole time as well, I was like, 
listening to you talk and doing things and I was like reading all these C method notes I have in front of me and I was like they're just so lucky we're just so lucky we are um all right guys um getting really close so at some point I might just not be here but I'm gonna keep trucking because I absolutely love this and I really I'm such a loser when I feel like this is our group of friends <laughs> oh, oh we've got one more hold Head on, on. Okay. Hey, just jumping on. Sorry if this has been asked regarding gym workouts four to eight, where some of the moves are in sets of 20, 15, 10. Would you expect to drop to lower weight to manage the reps? The 20s were almost impossible on the weight where I usually manage eight to 10. Yeah. If they're higher reps, you'll have to drop the, the weight, but they're kind of, they're programmed like that. So that the, 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 bitch. <laughs> because I'm a bitch right but also I love training like that because I don't have to change the weight because you're doing 20 reps but you're fresh and then by the time you get to 15 that like that's pretty hard because you've already fatigued from the 20 and then the 10 is pretty hard because you've already done 35 reps on it um yeah yeah, yeah I'm the same that's why a lot of people are like oh in the giant set I know that I'm strong on a military press than a lap raise and I'm like that's why lap raise is like third or fourth in the giant set and the military press is no wait, hang on. No. That's why lat race is first and the military presses of like third or fourth. Because yeah, you it's it's a really easy way to train. You do the harder ones first and then you work your way back or you know, you work your way up to the easier ones and your muscles are fucked. It's great. Great time saver. It is. And also it's so a yesterday I went into the gym and I made just like probably the most rookie error. And this is what I mean. Like, you know, we sometimes talk about going to failure. Yeah. Like when I go to failure, like it, it's <laughs> Emma means absolute power, power lifting. Like I, can't, I, like I thought I was going to be a little bit sick. Like I, I never really train like that ever. <laughs> oh, so I did a drop set to failure, but like for some reason I did it the first exercise and then I couldn't really do anything else. And, and I was that, like, <laughs> that was really stupid. Not a great athlete, but if you went into the gym to have a real workout, that was really stupid. Yeah, it was. So then I did like two other exercises and I had to leave. James so do that all the time I'm like James how long have you been training for like you know what not to... he he really doesn't athletes are shit at knowing what to do I mean I absolutely knew what to do I just for some reason was like yeah I think I'll just do a drop set on this now and then I was like Whoa. oh oops might have and you know when you say in your head like I was like I'll do eight reps 10 reps 12 reps like what was the exercise lap pull lap pull yeah but I'd overcooked it and I knew it on the first set. And I was like, well, I've said I'm going to do it now. <laughs> That's why I never start anything with hamstrings because if my hamstrings go, I'm done. Yeah. That's it. Like that's it for me. That's my workout over. So I always end my lower body days with hamstring work always. Yeah. Uh, and just just saying, love that format. Just nearly killed myself doing it. Yeah, that's the point, babe. Well done. Babe, well done. You've done it right. That- to all die in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Right. All right. Okay. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye.